Ambassador Greg Dowd. Greg currently serves as the Vice President for Global Situational Awareness and Chief Economist at Aimpoint Research. Prior to joining Aimpoint, uh, Greg served in the office of the U.S. Trade Representative as the Chief Agricultural Negotiator. Recently, we briefed uh, staff on the Senate Ag Committee about Ukraine. I'm going to go through a little more of an intel discussion of what we have going on. China is still going to be the world's largest importer of corn at about 18 million tons going forward. That's going to be down from uh, 29 and 23 million tons the last couple of years. But here's the important point. Since the situation with Russia and the Ukraine, Brazil a few weeks ago made a very big decision, historic decision, for the first time ever the Chinese will be allowing the importation of Brazilian corn. And so that's a big game changer in our view and in, in the world market and the dynamics. But the Chinese really didn't have any other options. If you see what's going on right now in China with us, purchases of corn and soybeans have pretty, been pretty quiet. Soybean meal prices in the last couple of weeks have come crashing down in China, and that's, I think, in large part because the Chinese economy is not healthy. Although what we do see is the demand for imported meat into China is still quite strong. The impact of $6 diesel fuel on agriculture is still in its very early stages. If you go out west, last year at harvest time, wheat harvest, it was $2.50 a loaded mile. This year, it's already $4.50 a loaded mile. If you can find a trucker, a trucker. Difficulties on the rail side, the enormous volatility in rail rates are not helping this situation. Yesterday, I had a conversation just trying to wrap my head around diesel. Diesel stocks are at record lows. Some discussion, I don't want to overhype this, but some discussion of possible spot shortages coming in diesel in places like Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Colorado. With regard to fertilizer, we're picking up that Russian urea exports are thought to be at about 65 to 75% of normal, but to friends and family only. We are watching very closely the BRIC countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China. In a world map, if you look at those four countries and the European Union and the United States, that's the vast majority of food grown in the world. What's interesting is there is a G7 meeting coming up. Did you know that the BRIC are meeting beforehand on the side? From my perspective, you know, it's the old keep your friends close and enemies closer. If these guys are in a room talking about fertilizer, and we know that they have been talking about fertilizer amongst themselves, my question is, what are we doing? This global fertilizer trade flow situation is not going to be normal for a long time. These, you're, you're seeing trade flows alter significantly in fertilizer. We're concerned that this is not going to be to our liking. Domestically, right now, where we are is we have about a 10 to 15 percent carryover from uh, this year based upon weather issues, differences in crops planted. No one wants to carry expensive inventory right now. It's getting set up for next year, but the, the basic premise is we could be in 2023, 15, 20, even 25 percent short. Interesting discussion in Chicago about the markets in the last week. There's been a very deflationary tone. They're kind of headed in this direction of deflation and depression, which I think is overblown, but they're kind of psyched out at the moment. Part of this is, has to do with interest rates. Now, with regard to interest rates, we know that land values, land notes are on fixed terms. You probably begin to hear a lot of conversations about early next year about what that interest rate on that operating note is going to be next year. Uh, everything has gone up including the fact that uh, picking up, and this, I want to be a little sensitive to this, but there's a recent discussion apparently about companies such as Bayer and Syngenta raising royalty rates by 20% next year. That is in an environment where we see wheat prices falling. And in fact, it is remarkable to me that wheat prices are now just about the same or just a little bit above where they were before the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. 
the Ukraine situation is, at this point, they've planted about 93% of their normal wheat crop, about 73% of their normal corn crop, plus or minus. This is an issue of storage in the Ukraine. Best case scenario, it's more than a year and a half, probably two to two and a half years or more before we're moving grain out of Odessa. You've got to move that grain then through Hungary, Poland, Romania, Constanza. I know that one entity did that, traded one boat of corn. It took 4,000 customs documents via the European Union to get that done, and they said they would never do it again. So this is really going to be a difficult situation for the Ukraine in terms of where they're going to put this crop. It was just out west, water, urban sprawl, labor. Big discussion out there, and I think the last discussion, Congressman Scott, we talked about the SEC and the ESG rule is, uh, is something that I hope is all on your radar as well. Thank you. Podcasts by Federated Media.